Hey, I'm Zanzi and welcome to Farmers Inside Track episode 170, powered by NetBank. I'm your host, Dawn Umdu. We're back with another insightful edition as part of our campaign with NetBank. The future of agriculture is already here. Joining us again is Maluta Nechaulu, an agricultural economist and bank at NetBank. And this week, Food for Mzanzi co-founder, Ivor Price, chats to our expert about how tapping into technology and innovation ignites widespread agricultural transformation. Over to you, Ivor. Think beyond traditional business banking. Think bigger. A banking partner that helps grow your agribusiness. Think NetBank Commercial Banking. Lito, thanks for joining Farmers Inside Track. It's always great to have you here on Food from Zansi's podcast. Thank you so much, Ivor. It's good to be here. So in spite of the challenges faced, uh, the agriculture sector continues to thrive. How have farmers managed to do this given the tough um, conditions that they continue to face? I think it's a couple of factors. I think you'll remember a few seasons back, I think our farmers were struggling because of the drought and all those things. But over the past few seasons, let's say two seasons or so, I think they've been quite fortunate because of favorable weather conditions um, that has really supported them in terms of production. And then above that, we also seeing because of the geopolitical conflict that we see in Eastern Europe, that has really supported the commodity prices. If you look at suffix, for example, you will see that the maize prices is trading at record levels, sunflower and soya beans, all the grains, so to speak, they're doing quite well. So which does support them in spite of the the high input costs like fertilizer prices, fuel prices and other chemicals, which are mostly imported, uh, mostly from those countries where we're seeing this conflict. So we're seeing that this sort of environment is very much conducive for our clients. It's supporting them with their performance. And then we're also seeing farmers also adopt precision farming techniques or interventions. We're seeing the implements and machinery that they are using is they're becoming more and more advanced. These companies are aiding in terms of AI and data analytics that they collect through sensors that are in these tractors and combines and these implements, which then helps farmers to be able to get insights in terms of how to best optimize their production. They get those insights, then they're able to react, which then helps to, to save on resources, reducing costs, and then increasing their margins. And of course, other innovation stuff that is coming out of the ag tech space. I'm seeing very good thing that these young boys and girls are doing that are speaking to the industry pain points, things that assist them to really manage their operations to the best of their abilities, manage their scarce resources that we they have to, to deal with. The other thing is also just following best practices. Farmers, especially with the international markets, where we're seeing a lot of requirements around sustainability, around food safety, phytosanitary requirements. So farmers are having to really follow those to the T, especially at the back of this recurring biosecurity threats that we're having, either it's black spots and fault coding moth and foot and mouth disease. So it's very important that they stay level-headed, they stay on top of the game and make sure that they cover all bases to make sure that they remain successful. I'm always struck by how resilient the agriculture sector is, despite everything that can go wrong. It's also pleasing to see all the innovation happening in the Arctic space, Maluta. You're quite on the money there. So South Africa is considered a semi-arid country with low rainfall. With this in mind, water efficiency, making the most of limited resources, is quite crucial. 
Please want you expand on the need for using water sparingly and what is agriculture doing to make the most of its water? The sector, as you know, it uses about 70% of fresh water in the country. So it takes quite a lot from the sector. You're very heavily dependent on, on this gas resource. It's important that the sector is always looking for ways to produce more with less and water being one of those resources that are very much relied on. So they are always looking for efficient water irrigation systems from center pivots to micro-irrigation to drip irrigation. So they make sure that they do that. But even just adopting those systems in their farms is not enough. Um, I, I had a discussion the other day with one of the companies that sort of produces and, and supplies farmers with, with drip irrigation, also based in the Western Cape. That gentleman was busy telling us that just adopting their solutions is not enough because farmers also need to follow best practices or the instructions that they, they provide to them, like don't over-irrigate, especially if you're coming from a system that was not very much efficient, you know, and now you move to one that is efficient. So sometimes people, they've got this behavior thing that they think that the more you irrigate, the more you're going to get higher yields, which in this case, it doesn't work like that. So he was just stating that Farmers also need to adapt and understand that when they are, they've moved on to more irrigation that is efficient, they also need to follow instructions, don't over-irrigate, don't irrigate when it's not necessary, and don't irrigate, for example, when it's raining, for example, what's the point? And then they also visited a farm the other day, a first-generation farmer that was also informing me that she irrigates when it's necessary, like to a point where she will go and fill the soil in terms of the moisture, like just put it in her hand and just squeeze it just to feel that if it's still moist and all that, then then she will, she will leave it and only irrigate when it's necessary. That's very important that we use efficient irrigation system, but we also follow best practices in so far as that is concerned. So Maluta, when adopting a broader view on resilience, what are some of the elements required to ensure that the agricultural sector remains sustainable into the future? In terms of resilience, I think quickly we we run into discussions around sustainability, which is quite important. And also in the country in which we we live in, our beloved country, I think energy is a problem. So farmers are having to find ways to to supplement that or even just uh, bring new technology like alternative renewable energy so that they can just stay afloat or even mitigate the risk of load shedding, which has got a very negative impact on their bottom line. The other important one is on soil health. And soil is pretty much the basis of our existence in terms of food production and all those. So it's important that we take good care of it. You don't want to be just pumping um, fertilizer just so that you can boost your yield. And I think these days uh, could have been the case back then when it was not expensive. But now I think a farmer will think twice because it's so expensive. So it needs to be managed quite well. Managing your soil health, making sure that there's the organic matter and the organisms in there able to trap the carbon and all that, that helps to reduce the cost. And then by extension, then it then increases our our farming operations margins. Looking at the other important things around biodiversity, which is also quite important going forward, I think we'll start seeing a lot of this being stressed in terms of the farmers need to also farm in harmony with nature which will in turn also help them in terms of their stories, their marketing and all those things that will then be able to assist. And we're seeing a lot of farmers, maybe not too many, but trend seeing farmers now 
starting to use biological solutions where they will, for example, for insecticides and, and all those things, they will then rather use those biological solutions to spray as opposed to synthetics. But then it also supports them because when you use biological solutions, in terms of during harvest, you can, if, if it's vegetables like peppers or spinach or whatever, you can pick it like same time or the next day, as opposed to the other that you need to wait seven days, two weeks. When it comes to marketing, it might sort of disadvantage you if you're looking at prices and then in two weeks time, it might be a different price, maybe one that might not be favorable to you. The other one would be just always being on top in terms of the market trends, understanding your consumers, understanding the market in general. That will then help you to then put necessary plans, like in the citrus or trickle space, they do it quite a lot because they need to understand in terms of what are the new cultivars, if it's soft citrus, if it's grapes, if it's, you know, whatever, that they need to be planting so that they are able to meet future demand so that they're not left behind with those old cultivars that the market has now moved away from. Those are the, those are important that will then assist the resilience of the sector going forward, Ivor. So Maluta, please won't you share with our listeners how e-commerce solutions can support farmers in reaching new markets, adapting to changes in customer buying patterns, preferences specifically? I think we will agree we live in a very exciting times. I think a few years ago, you wouldn't, I don't think we'll be able to talk about such things. Um, when you come to e-commerce, we'll be talking tech a lot and all, all those other things. But in agri I think the space has really opened up. We're seeing a lot of companies coming up, assisting, because e-commerce is all about convenience and opening up the market to everyone, big and small. We're seeing a lot of tech companies that are coming up. I don't want to really mention names per se, but input side, the company that's doing quite well, livestock, there's also companies there, fresh produce, these companies that are available. And it's important that people know about it, especially the small guys, to be honest. Most of them, they're still thinking that the traditional platforms of the fresh produce market are still the only way to go. Whereas there's now new companies that are able to, they can just list, uh, take pictures, list their produce on those platforms. And then the buyers, which could be the retailers or wholesalers or international buyers for that matter, they'll be able to purchase from them. And the platform just manages that, facilitate the transaction. It's quite transparent. They're using escrows and all those things to make sure that no one gets cheated and money get, only gets transferred to the buyer once they are satisfied with the produce. It's quite important. So it is a disruption to the traditional market. But I spoke to one of the directors of one of the fresh produce platform. He mentioned to me that, yes, it's a disruption to these markets, but it has come to a point that these markets are also using them. They are also their customers, which is helping these markets to offload some of the stock that they have, maybe some that they are struggling to really move out of those out of those spaces. So it's quite interesting in terms of how the e-commerce platforms are really helping the sector to move forward, putting more money into our farmers' markets because now they, they cut out the middlemen and all that. If I can just stress, what I've seen is that small-scale farmers are not aware of this. could be a factor of not sufficient marketing from these ag tech companies or it could be lack of trust. I'm not sure maybe because of these farmers, maybe they know of it, but they're they not using it. So a lot of education is required. Then a lot of marketing is required. And then at NetBank, we also have our own inbred, developed, uh, funded and operated AVO platform, 
that is still very much into the franchising, bank buying and retail space, but they are looking to launch their solution for the agricultural sector in the next year. So that's very exciting. So we should see a lot of stuff going on and perhaps we could also get insights from our side in terms of what's happening in that space, Ivor. Thanks, Ivor. And great having you with us again. Maluta Nechaula, an agricultural economist and banker at NetBank. From me, Don Numdu, our producer, Megan van der Fendt, and the rest of the Food Film Zanzi team, have a great week. Bye for now. This program was brought to you by NetBank Commercial Banking, the growth partner that thinks bigger about your agribusiness needs. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.